Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, liking, favoriting, commenting, subscribing to this podcast. It is a passion project of mine and of ours, our entire team, and appreciate you guys listening, man. Let's be honest, and it's always nice to bring some unfiltered and uncensored commentary to you at least for an hour plus a week, and that's what this show is. By the way, this is an uncensored podcast, so kids and sensitive people that don't like to talk about race or religion or whatever political things that I come up with, whatever it may be. This is not the show for you, but uh, it's a heavy sports show. We talk like real people talk. This is one man's opinion. I am Jeff Mans. You hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio channel 87. I host a show called elite sports on that network and have for the last 13 years, ladies and gentlemen, 13 years. Damn. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football Mornings or pregame show on Sunday mornings during the football season with my good pal, Bob Harris. But uh, in addition to that, you'll find me and all my work over at FantasyGuru.com. Last week, I talked about the platinum, the VIP platinum discount. You guys took big time advantage of that to the point that it was cool. And then I started getting hit up like, oh, my God. How many is everybody just getting VIP platinum now? And because it makes financial sense for any of you who are part of the elite mafia, if you're a member at fantasyguru.com, or for those of you that maybe aren't a member but we're thinking of joining, this is the way to do it. Just be, I know it's more expensive, it's the most expensive uh, thing that we do, but with 50% off, it's essentially you're getting every single thing for just the football betting and DFS. That's exactly the price. It works out exactly to that. So if you were to get just betting and DFS for the NFL season, for the football season, uh, you're getting every single thing we do, all the horse racing, all the college basketball tournaments, all the college football bowl games, full season NBA, full season NHL, full season major league baseball, daily baseball, daily, all those sports, all of our data, all of our media, all of our podcasts, all of our live streams, all of the discord access, you get all of it for the price of those two products. And you get a whole year, might as well freaking do it. We still have it going on. Although I will say sometime during this podcast's run, this episode's run, that 50% off discount will be over. It is NFL draft week next week. The draft guide launches. So this is your last chance. Get over there to fantasyguru.com. Use the P-L-A-T-5-0. All, no separations, no spaces. P-L-A-T-5-0, plat 50, if you will. That will give you 50% off the VIP platinum package. And that gives you everything. Join the Elite Mafia all year long. Access to the Man's Cave. I'm always doing something in there. Weekends, holidays, I'm always doing something, whatever it is. We're talking freaking barbecue ribs one day. We'll talk freaking NBA basketball the next day, whatever it is. It's a good place to be in a happening environment with a great community of 
folks. So fantasyguru.com is the place to be there. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. I'm being shadow banned on uh, Twitter. I don't know why, but if you guys go to Twitter and try to search for me, Jeff underscore Mans, you won't, half of you won't find, or three quarters of you won't find me. The other quarter will. So like on our team, Phil Backer, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Armando Marsal, nobody, they, I, they type in my exact Twitter account and they can't find me. Sandro Anello, he does it and it comes right up. It's a weird dynamic that's going on with Twitter, but trust me, if you tweet at Jeff underscore Mance, I am that guy. I am there for you. So there, there you go for whatever it's worth. Uh, appreciate you guys following me on all those forums as well. We're going to be ramping up a lot of TikTok videos in the very, very near future here, folks. So uh, make sure you get on the TikTok because that's quite frankly my favorite social media platform in the current age. Today we're going to talk a lot of fantasy football. Um, I have I was debating long and hard about this episode. Normally around this time of year, I take a an episode and I try to talk about my personal life or something that's going on. I've got some ideas. I want to talk about my daughter and what she's been through over the last year. I have an episode on my mom that I would like to get out there to the folks eventually. But at the same time, I recognize a couple of things. Number one, it's been a fucked up year. 2023 has been the fucked up year. Hopefully not for any of you. But for me personally, it's been the absolute most chaotic, fucked up year I can remember having, quite honestly. I mean, seriously, 1999 when my dad died and my grandma died like the first month of 2000, maybe that was it for me ultimately. But shit, it's been a massacre. I, I am, as I'm sitting here recording this, I am just getting over the stomach flu. I've lost 25 pounds. And I wasn't that big to begin with. I I was 230 and I'm down to fucking below 210 for the first time in my in since I was in fucking college. Looking good, man. No, I'm not looking good. It's gross. It's terrible. But nevertheless, it, stomach flu ravaged me on Sunday and into Monday. I still did the serious XM shows. I'm feeling good now. Um, but it's just the latest day. This is the third time I've been sick. I had COVID earlier in the year. I had a massive cold that took my voice away. So I've missed episodes. I missed a couple episodes from my daughter's illness earlier in the year. Then I got sick and missed episodes. So today I'm going to just stay focused on football. We realize me and our producer team, Sean Engel, shout out to my guy, Sean, who makes this podcast happen each and every week. We realized that the more football I do on the show, the more popular the show becomes. So I'll weave in some of these stories and things. I will do a couple. You have to give me a couple breaks to do some off the product kind of conversation. Cause that's what I like to do, but we're going to keep the football talk going. So today it's going to be my annual in and out list. Um, what it means, players, teams, situations I'm in on. And those I'm out on. Now I'm going to expand on everyone. I've got a list of like 100 players. 50 ins, 50 outs, roughly. It's probably like 25 and 25, to be honest. But it's a long list. There's a bunch of teams. We know a couple weeks from now, end of June, I always do my annual team that I'm in on, and I break down that team for an entire episode. Am I going to be buying the Browns? Am I going to be digging the Dolphins? We'll see. 
We'll see what teams I'm on. I will give you the short list, though, on today's program. So that's what we're going to do. Try to stay focused and talk as much football and sports as we possibly can. Um, I think it's a couple of non-football items to get out right out of the way. The NBA is dumb as shit for not having the NBA final start until June 1st. Now, as we are recording this, the Heat have not officially won the series yet. The Celtics just extended it to a fifth game. Who knows? Maybe that game, maybe that series ends up going seven. But at the same time, if the Heat would have ended it yesterday, we would have had a full week before the NBA Finals. Like, dude, everybody forgets about basketball. So shitty job by the NBA in that regard. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for getting to the 2023 NBA Finals, a great achievement for their franchise, and Jokic and Jamal Murray and all those guys as well. I am back on my heater in baseball betting right now. Another reason to get VIP Platinum over at FantasyGuru.com. I'm just white hot on it right now. And I started out dog shit, was terrible for the first couple of weeks, and sometimes that happens. And I know as members and subscribers, fortunately, our group over there, if you're a newer listener, you know, you don't, you haven't bought in. You don't, you don't know me from Adam. I don't know you from Adam's old ox or whatever the saying goes. And I understand that. So I don't like to start out cold. I don't. I was able to start out last two football seasons red hot. I don't know this season. They may be dog shit. You'd be like, this guy can't do it. Trust me on one thing. Don't, I will be motivated. I will keep winning for you. I promise you I do that. Promise. I was at 1.18 games under 500. I was 12 units in the hole at one point. I'm sorry, 15 games under 500. Did I say 18? Fives and eights. Jeff um, confused me. 15 games over to 500. Not that that's a lot better. And 12 units under 500, but in the hole, negative. I am now, that was uh, 20th of April, I'm sorry, 18th of April, all right, two days, yeah, that Tuesday. So, I am now 91 and 91. I was 90 and 90 over the weekend. That means I've placed 182 bets, and I'm perfectly at 500. The good news is about the way that I bet and the way I bet Major League Baseball, I'm up 13 units on the nose as I enter play today. Now, maybe this fluctuates by the time this recording is out there and whatnot. That's fine. It shouldn't be that big a deal. Maybe I'm up to 15, 16 units. Uh, Point is, that is a turnaround. That means I'm 15 above 500 over the last month, month plus now, last five weeks. And I'm 25 units up in betting on baseball over the last five weeks. It's getting it done. And I found the groove. We understand who these teams are. We understand what these players are. And now is the time we could really wrench in and just maximize our profits. Um, Yeah, I'm debating whether to announce this last thing. So, uh, or say this last thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty upfront with everything that's going on at fancyguru.com and, you know, all the things about our investment companies kind of screwing us over in a way and, Oh, you know, I don't say screwing us over, doing what they had to do and whatnot. Well, I I made a mission to myself and I said, all right, because um, this is the part I didn't want to say 
Uh, I'll say it, I guess. I mean, it, I didn't take a salary, or I should say I took a very minimal salary over the next two months um, in order to make sure all of our guys got paid and do all that kind of stuff. And just to make sure that the integrity of the business is right and we didn't have to take any loans or go into any debt because I don't believe in that kind of shit, if at all possible, right? So, um, but I made a point to myself. I said, all right. I'll do this, but I, I'm now going to I'm going to try to earn my salary betting, just like our members would. And again, I don't I do not recommend anybody doing this. By the way, I have learned a lot over the last. I guess it's been about six weeks for me since I've been on this mission. It's been a lot of ups and downs, man. I almost I was close to hitting it about a week and a half ago, and then I just fucking got destroyed, lost two basketball bets in one night, lost like five baseball bets in one night, and it was like kaboom. So I don't like living like this. Nobody should live like this. It should be for entertainment only or side hustles only. But I'm proud to say as we sit here, I'm recording the 24th of May that I have made 90% of my salary already and I still got a week to go. So if I'm very cautious and everything I play is everything I post, NBA, MLB, very, very minimal uh, XFL before the finale, USFL. I've done a little bit of that. All the money, one, almost my entire salary at this point. And hopefully by tonight's end, I will know I don't, I will not be at my salary, yet, but I will be right there in winnings. And that's important to me because if I can do this, I know you can. I know you can. And if you're a little more selective and a little, uh, let's say, even smarter than I am, maybe not smarter in terms of the the, the analysis on sports, you got to give me that one. But just, you know, when to hold them, when to fold them, you don't have to ride all my hold streaks the way I do. You guys can kind of pick and choose, right? By doing that, you guys can make some significant money and do very well at it. So, I'm excited about that. I'm happy. I'm proud. You know, that's the that's the word. I'm proud because I wasn't sure. And then I was right up there and got my dick kicked in at that point. And now, just a week and a half later, back right at it and better than ever. So very proud of that fact as well. So, uh, again, that's why you go VIP Platinum, all the sports. And I'm also proud I took up NBA this year, which I haven't given a shit about in a long time. I've secretly kind of watched the last couple of years. My son's been really into it. So I've been like dancing around, kind of learning the players and the teams and you know, all that. But I haven't been really, I haven't played DFS basketball in years. I didn't play, I didn't bet on basketball. I don't think I've ever really bet on basketball. College basketball, yes. But it's always been starts during the NFL season and I'm too focused on NFL. So I'm really proud to be up over 20 units in NBA alone, 25 units, I think, at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, made it all the way through a tumultuous playoffs. Really, it's been very up and down. But the fact we've stayed way above water is phenomenal, well above 500 in a sport that I'm just getting going on. Very happy about that here as well. So we have that. I wanted to talk a little dynasty fantasy football with you guys, too, at the start. Uh, if you listen to the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Show, welcome everybody who listens there. I did want to expound on a couple of things. One 
thing that I brought up during the week I didn't get enough time on was the age. Something I said I think stuck with some folks. I, I noticed the Man's Cave in our Dynasty room over at FantasyGuru.com talking about it. We already draft. If you're doing a startup dynasty draft, we the normal ADP for a redraft league already is reflective of a dynasty startup. It's already the same. It's the biggest red herring and misunderstanding maybe in fantasy football, fantasy football, that you need to go young with your team. Like, if you think, like, if you're, number one, one of the biggest things about being successful in either betting or daily fantasy or seasonal fantasy or high stakes or office leagues, whatever it is that you're playing, Number one, have some humility. Have some degree of humbleness. I say things throughout the summer every year that I tell you guys about my losses. I explain to you. I tell you in detail. You Fuck, if you're a daily listener, you go through it with me, with us. You see our hits and our misses. You see it? If you're a subscriber, no hiding. We're out there for you. Right? And... And even though you're like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, you missed on this and missed on that. It's like, yeah, I'm one of the best in the fucking world at it, though. How is that possible? It's possible because I keep going. And it's possible because I, I understand the assignment. What's important? If you think you're going to draft a championship team and fan and dynasty fantasy football, or let's scratch that. If you think you're going to draft the 2024 and or 2025 championship fantasy football roster here in 2023, you're out of your fucking mind. You're a lunatic. You should be locked up in a fucking kennel with wild, rabid dogs. You're fucking crazy. It's stupid. You can't do it. You're not going to do it. And if you did, it's lucky as balls. It never works out that way. You can draft this year's best team. I give you credit. I think you can do that. That can be done. I've seen that happen. But you're not going to draft the team. That's going to, so don't draft that way. Why are you drafting for some future fucking mirage? Draft the best team for now. We are The redraft environment already breeds young players. All we're ever interested in, the first four rounds. If you're in a 12-team league, 48 picks are the first four rounds, right? 60 if you're the in top five rounds. Those are the players we're really focused on, really excited about. They even crack into the quarterback seal at that point. There's five players over 30 in that entire spectrum. Only four players are out of their demographic as far as their peak seasons. And one of them is Travis Kelsey. So, okay, if you want to be a dynasty startup and you want to be different, fine. Don't draft Cooper Cup or Travis Kelsey or lower them, I should say. Right? Okay, fine. But don't also don't tell me that Jordan Addison is a fucking second or third or fourth round pick. You're out of your fucking mind. You're crazy. The reason is a couple of points, and I've made this on the SiriusXM show, so if you're a listener there, you'll be like, yes, mans, I know. But I got to say for the podcast audience, too, that you're 
one of the biggest problems and the biggest secrets is that every player that did well last year, all those players are the ones that are everybody wants the next year. That's the truth. It is incredibly rare. We're talking 5% or less of players that have breakouts or sensational 10-plus touchdowns, 1,000-plus yards, 100-plus catch, 80-plus catches, whatever it is, kickers even, IDP players. It is incredibly rare that they that a player coming off of a monster season or a fantasy-winning type season is not coveted the following year. Almost non-existent, almost doesn't happen. Of course, there's outliers. Normally, it's off-the-field stuff or an off-the-field, a different team or coach. You know, Those are the reasons, and everybody gets behind it. But for the most part, that's the case. So if you build the best team that wins 2023 championship, that team will still be the best team going into 2024. That's where you make your – that's where you get your edge. Because if you also understand the second part of this principle, the second part being drafting last year's best team isn't going to win you this year's championship, if you get that, now you can make your moves. Now you make your draft picks. Now you make your trades, ads, and drops in the Dynasty League in order to stay ahead of the competition. Everybody's going to want your players because they won last year's championship. There's players on my list. There's some that you guys are going to freak out about that are on my out list that I don't want for this year. And you'll probably disagree because, and you're going to reference something from last year. Well, guess what? Jimmy crap corn and I don't care. So we skew young anyway. You don't need to skew younger in a dynasty startup. That is amateur hour. That is hardcore amateur all right, me and my buddies just started a podcast and this is, you know, and we're going to be all about dynasty leagues and we're going to tell everybody you got to draft fucking, fucking, uh, uh, tank Bigsby and fucking Zay flowers in the first round. Now garbage, bad analysis, bad advice. Don't do it. All right, let's get to it. I, I'm going to spend a lot of time on my in and out lists for this year. I think it's, there's some rookies sprinkling. I tried not to be too, rookie crazy on this list all right um let's start out with the teams right let's start out with the teams and i'll go i'll go teams then positions and i'll sprinkle in the ins versus the outs so it's not all just one thing i think that's the best format to do this all on teams that i am in on this year now this could still change. There's still moves that can and I'm sure will be made across the National Football League. But pretty good indication the teams that I'm really liking and just maybe doing a podcast on this year in a future episode. Uh, let's start out with last year's team. I'm still in Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins got better. The Miami Dolphins got better. They're everything that I said about last year came true. I was right on them. I was first on them, no matter what the fucking crazy two and on people will tell you. However, their offense line, Taron Armstead, most notably, got injured. It was a problem for them last year. They didn't ever have a real successful running game, even though they brought in all the 49ers guys. I don't like what they did in that vicinity either. 
I was not even that big on Jalen Waddle last time this year, not at all. And he was he's was masterful. But the thing about the Dolphins, they got better on defense. They brought in Vic Fangio, one of, if not the best, defense coordinator alive. And, oh, by the way, they go get Jalen Ramsey. Like, holy shit. They draft Cam Smith, uh, another corner, by the way, out of South Carolina. Lengthy guy, can cover bigs. They get Jalen Ramsey. They have Xavier Howard already, Javon Holland and Brandon Jones. Nick Needham covers the slot. Holy shit, is this a deep secondary? They got, remember, they got Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb at the end of last year. Do you guys see the symmetry? Bradley Chubb was with what organization? Uh, yes, Denver Broncos, right? Now let's talk about who uh, was his defensive coordinator during his two good years in Denver, or his head coach, I should say, Vic Fangio who's now his defensive coordinator in Miami. It's a great setup. That defense is a lot better. And let's, I don't know what's going to happen with Tua. I don't trust him. I'll get to the quarterbacks later. But the offense is what it is. And it's high-powered, and it's hard. It's going to be really hard to cover Tyreek, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson, all that speed. Braxton Berrios, Robbie Anderson, or Chosen, or whatever the fuck he's calling himself these days. That's a that's just tough. It's a tough one to navigate. So I, I'm I'm back in on the Dolphins. I'm back in on my baby Browns. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not fans of these teams, by you. I'm just fans. I just look at it. I think the Cleveland Browns have some of the best fantasy values across the board that there is. I like the fact they go get Jim Schwartz, defense coordinator. Jim Schwartz is an asshole, but he's aggressive as hell. And that dude's defenses always perform. And they perform well. And when you have the kind of weaponry on defense, as Cleveland does, talk about Miles Garrett and bringing in Dalvin Thompson in the interior trade for Zedaria Smith, which I think was low-key really good, signing Juan Thornhill. Some good moves. They have one of, if not the best offensive lines in the game. They finally get their all-pro quarterback, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL on a guaranteed basis. Yes, higher than anybody else. Deshaun Watson. It's a good Nick Chubb. This is a great team. A team that's they are a problem for the AFC. Now, are they gonna listen? The Browns suffered a lot of really close losses last year, specifically under Jacoby Brissett. They had a four-game stretch where three of the four games they lost by three or less points in heartbreaking fashion. Two-point loss to the Chargers, three-point loss to the Atlanta Falcons, three-point loss to the Baltimore Ravens in that game, which was, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter. 55-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. So they lost a lot of close ones, man. And now you get a one-score loss to the Saints down the stretch of last season. A one-score loss to the Bills down the stretch last season. Like This team's going to be tough. Deshaun Watson there for a, a big, a full year. They're going to be real tough. Other teams that I'm on, some new teams, Denver Broncos. Please don't let everybody know about the Broncos. 
don't let them know. I don't want them to know. I want them just to be for us because I love the setup here. The setup could not be perfect, more perfect. It really is perfect. A team that everybody was high on, including myself last year, and we all got burned. Our genitals were burned at the stake of the Denver Broncos and Nate Hackett and Russell Wilson. So now what do normal fantasy, the, the mouth-breathing bourgeois fantasy pinterit do? They get the hell away because they were burned. They never go back. They can't see things arbitrarily. They get too emotional. They don't want to go back. They're too scared to go back. But meanwhile, you got one of, if not one of the greatest coaches in the league here in Denver who has won with an undersized quarterback in the past. Joe Lombardi, great. His former quarterback coach and offensive part-time offensive coordinator when Carmichael was uh, elevated for a period of time when Peyton was sat out that year. They get Vance Joseph. This is one of the best defenses in the league from last year. Their offense just offense did well moving the football. This couldn't score. They improved the offensive line with McGlinchey and Ben Powers. They have Judy and Sutton. They didn't they didn't trade either one of them. They draft Marvin Mims. They have KJ Hamler. Javante Williams, they bring in Samaj P. Ryan. If Javante is healthy, watch the fuck out. Denver's a problem. Another brother. The Browns are a problem for the AFC North. The Broncos may be a problem for the one of the best divisions in the AFC West. Chiefs, Chargers, playing them twice a year ain't going to be easy. And then the other team that I like a lot, notice three of my teams I'm in on are in the AFC, and AFC is so loaded it's unbelievable. It's really the balance of power in the National Football League is insane right now. My NFC team, I mean, the, my lone representative here is teams I like. Carolina Panthers. Talked about them on the SiriusXM show the other day. Go back and listen to that on the SXM app. But the Panthers did what I would do if I ran a team. They bought up and overpaid for all the best coaches money could buy. Experienced head coach with Frank Reich, a guy who's in Sean McVay's system and Thomas Brown, best assistant coach out there in Deuce Staley, uh, Sean Jefferson, best wide receiver coach, James Campen. They retained one of the better offensive line coaches, uh, Ajiro Averro from, Aviro from the Denver Broncos, who led that Broncos defense so well last year. Another Vic Fangio disciple, right? He is the defense coordinator of Carolina. Dom Capers, a longtime defensive-minded guy. They go out and get um, just a t- just a boatload of great coaches. And um, D'Angelo Hall was the one. Todd Walsh, the defensive line coach. Like, holy shit, man. It's a loaded team. It's a really well-run coaching staff. And that's going to let a lot of these young players develop properly. So I like the Carolina Panthers. If you want, if teams I'm in on, but not maybe necessarily all the way there yet, still got work to do. Lions, court. I think the Lions are just too popular. I, I want to love the Lions. I am loving the Lions this year. But is, is that too, that's too basic, ain't it? Doesn't everybody love the Lions? I think so. Falcons, mm-hmm. interested. I'm 
right back on my Giants from last year. I think they did a couple notable uh, offseason moves. I mean, they did as bow, they did as good as they could have done this offseason with I don't know what's gonna happen with Saquon. That is a real potential problem. They get Daniel Jones re-signed. Saquon they gave the tag to which they had to. I wish they would have gotten a true alpha wide receiver, but I do like Paris Campbell. I like Jalen Hyatt. Bringing back Darius Slayton was smart. You know, I I think it was a good, a good some good moves that they made. Right? I mean, you, you bring in um, uh, Leonard Williams, of course, and, and Gerard Davis as well on the defensive side of things and draft Deontay Banks in the first round. Giants did some good things. And then the Steelers would be my other team that I'm in on, just not quite pressing it down to the floor yet teams i'm out on this year well there's a bunch of them i think i'm in on a couple more than i'm out on um let's start out let's get your attention right out the gate i'm out on the jets ah fuck off jets i ain't buying this i'm sorry it's a tough division the bills are still a really good team and the miami dolphins are the best team in that division Really, I think the Jets are looking at third place. You put a lot of stock and a lot of faith and hope and trust into a 38-year-old quarterback who already has a calf injury. He doesn't give a shit about football. He's not that interested. Let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers wanted a walk-in situation well, what he wanted was somebody to honor that ridiculous contract the Packers gave him before last offseason. That's what he wanted. And Jets said, okay. The Jets are a good team. A real good team. I love their offensive line. I like their running game. Right? I don't... Adding Aaron Rodgers to last year's Jets team, okay, let's go. I, I can get behind that. What I didn't like from Jump Street, and I don't like, is the fact that they spent so much resources bringing in fucking wide receivers that don't really matter. Aaron Rodgers never throws the ball 40 times a game. He's not, he's never been that guy. He is never among the lead leader in pass attempts. He is the efficiency guy. You don't need copious wide receivers. Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, Randall Cobb, these are nonsense additions. These are additions that could have been made to add yourself. I, I love Israel Abanakanda, their, their running back, but ensure Brees Hall a little bit more. Bring in a premium tight end that you whiffed on last year with the Uzoma. Get something on the interior of the defense, specifically defensive line. Right, Bring in the edge rusher that you keep trying to find. You draft Will McDonald again. Will McDonald after Jermaine Johnson's fiasco. Like I don't know what they're doing there. It's a good team, but they didn't do enough to me. And I don't feel Aaron, their quarterback, their leader, the guy they want to push him over the edge. I don't think he has that instinct anymore. Packers team should have won three years running and couldn't do anything. I'm out on the Jets. All right. Now, the Jets are a team that is good. Here's a team that I think is going to be dog shit city. Maybe not even shit is a bad word for them. I think they're below shit. That's the Tennessee Titans. Can Mike Rabel pull a rabbit out of his hat and do something? Man, why not? 
possibly. But the offensive line is horrific. I like Skaronsky, a great you know, first-round draft pick, a desperate need. They have no receivers. The quarterbacks are a mess. Tannehill, Levis, Willis, oh. Derrick Henry's at the end of his rope. Ugh. The defense, the, the secondary's been bad for a while. Sean Murphy bunting sure as hell. Isn't that guy that's going to save it? Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley have not panned out. Some early-round draft picks in the secondary. They don't have a pass rush whatsoever. Good run stoppers and decent interior pass rusher, Jeffrey Simmons. That's the entire team. Derrick Henry in offense, Jeffrey Simmons on defense. The whole team. Oh, I'm out on the Ravens. Don't tell my producer, Phil Backert. I don't know what they're doing. Now, of all the teams that, I, you know, I, I, I won't be surprised. I'll be less, least surprised that the Baltimore Ravens end up winning the Super Bowl uh, of any of the teams that I'm quote-unquote out on, right? I know the Jets are good. I know the Ravens are a good team. I just look at it like a bunch of square pegs and round holes, and I I have real concerns on Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. I am one of those people that I don't believe it until I see it. Lamar Jackson's second year, his rookie first year full starting was amazing. Won the MVP. Okay. He has not been that same player any of the last three years. And it, it, three years is a long time to like wait around for a guy. He can't make it through. He's injury prone. He doesn't practice. He has not learned to throw outside the hash marks. They have a new offense that will not condone, that wants him to throw outside the hash marks, something he can't do. I don't get it. Then they bring in a ton of wide receivers. I don't know why you do that. Why'd you bring in Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers? What are you doing? What are you doing? Everything about this scares me. And they had massive problems at corner, and they didn't do Jack shit with it. They rock you sin who we've been attacking in DFS for years is their one of their starting corners as it sits right now. Holy shit. Humphrey is aging rapidly. Stevens, a third round pick from a couple of years ago, is supposed to start on the interior. D- uh, Will D- Damarian Williams, easy for me to say, isn't it? Like, holy cow, that's a bad secondary. What happened here? What happened to Baltimore? I just feel they're going for something that is obviously not going to work. Obviously, I'm out on the Arizona Cardinals. There's just nothing, no reason to explain that. And then the Minnesota Vikings. If it's not Justin Jefferson, I don't think I'm I have a single interest from a fantasy standpoint at all in the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, it's a bad division. Yes, they won a shit ton of games. They had a they had a bad point differential. Like any other division in football, and this team might have had a top six pick last year. So those are the teams I'm out on. Let's talk about some of the players I'm in on for 2023. Now, this is from a fantasy standpoint, a betting standpoint as well. Players I'm in on, well, I mean, they line up with the teams, of course, especially at quarterback, right? So it's Deshaun Watson. It's Russell Wilson. Extraordinary values right now in the quarterback market. 
If you're playing best ball, we have our best ball guide part by Tyler Beaker, part of our annual draft guide at fantasyguru.com. But you're going to tell me that Deshaun Watson's QB nine and Russell Wilson's QB 18. If I'm in a super flex league, I'll wait all day. I'll take those two quarterbacks while getting a premium running back and then the premium wide receiver in between them. And I'm going to win the championship, right? That's just what's, that's how it's going to happen. So, yeah, I love those twos. I'll throw out one other player I'm in. And this, uh, you know, I, I, don't worry. I'm not going to get all buttery on you and all chalk on you. I'm in on Mike White. Oh, do I have your interest now? I always liked what I saw out of Mike White in New York with the Jets. Played fairly well. He's not it. He's not that guy. And he's not a franchise defender or savior right he's not but he's big strong arm gunslinger and he got a big contract to be the guy behind Tua Tonga Vailoa and Tua he looks fat at camp I don't know why that is it's very odd he looked very bad I thought at OTAs this week uh, and he's concussion. Every time he falls down, the entire league is going to be watching him. It's not a matter of if Tua suffers another concussion. It's a matter of when. Mike White has a very good chance of being the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins for the majority of the season. That's an area in deeper leagues you invest in. Best ball leagues even. That's a fucking league winner with Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Wilson, Mike White, in. Quarterbacks I'm out on. Well, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, duh. Um, Geno Smith, no way. I, I'm not taking your bait, world. You guys could all suckle at the teat of last year's stats. There's no fucking way. No way that Geno Smith replicates his 2022 numbers. No way, man. It's not happening. So that's a, I'm sure it's going to be a problem. People are going to draft him like a starting quarterback. The fact that he, Geno Smith is going as a QB one and um, Russell Wilson is not, is incomprehensible to me. It's absolutely mind boggling and every possible shape of the world word so yeah i'm completely and utterly out on geno smith i like dk metcalf i like jackson smith and jigba i do but no thank you for this guy pointing the thumbs right there um anthony richardson i love him in day and not not daily i will love him in daily daily fantasy football I'll love him but and i like him a lot in Dynasty, mostly because there's hardly any players outside of B. John Robinson with his kind of upside. So, yeah, I do like him in Dynasty leagues. I don't like him in redrafts. Don't even bother with him in a redraft format. We know, I'm not sure he's going to beat out Gardner Minshew for the job to start week one. It's an erratic passer, and I know the upside there. I What I would do instead, I will wait. Let somebody else draft him. 
let that person realize, oh shit, I need another quarterback and go get fucking pick up Jared Goff or they'll probably get Russell Wilson at that point or something in a one QB league. And then they, you know, let them do that. And then they'll drop Richardson. And then when he's got a nice soft part of the schedule after he's been in league eight, nine weeks, then you can grab him from one of your late round by quarterback leagues, something like that. That's the way I'd go about it. But he's not, you're not riding a rookie quarterback to a championship. And Brock Purdy, no thank you. I, don't, I have no idea who's going to start in San Francisco. I, Brock Purdy, I wouldn't trust him with if he went and injected steroids into his arm, let alone tore his elbow. I, I ain't trusting it. this kid. Lived down the street from me, man. I ain't fucking around with Brock Purdy. With and my fantasy, you're out of your mind. I, I think the idea that Trey Lance is still there and Sam Darnold is brought in means the 49ers are skeptical at best. Running backs that I'm in on this year, uh, love me. I love Brees Hall. I know I've been negative on the Jets, so I'll give a positive. I love Brees Hall. Going a little, he's probably at value, but I, I'm still, I, I, I could still get value out of Brees Hall. At his current stat, RB12 in fantasy, totally fine. I'm fine with that. He's a second-round guy for me as well. That's where RB12 puts him. Najee Harris is going way later than he should. Najee was good down the stretch, y'all. He was good. They improved the offensive line this offseason. Another year with Kenny Pickett. Healthy. I like Najee a great deal. Miles Sanders, part of my Carolina love. I talked about in Sirius XM show. Miles Sanders was running back 15 last year with the Eagles. Didn't catch any passes hardly in that offense. Split it with three different running backs. Had his quarterback steal almost as many rushing touchdowns as he had. And, you know, 700 yards. All of that happened. Okay. But he finished RB15. He's going RB. 18 this year on a, and he's with Carolina got a lot of money, good paycheck to go to Carolina behind a good offensive line, almost as good as Philadelphia. I'll say better. Probably I project them Carolina be a better offensive line than Philadelphia this year. The group is aging. That's why Philly will still be good, but Carolina, let's say the equal. All right. I haven't penciled that in. So probably a, that's a superfluous statement. I can't, they're real close. All right. And what has Frank Reich and Thomas Brown always done with their running backs? Always catches the ball. Always catches the ball. Jonathan Taylor has had phenomenal fantasy seasons. There's nobody else. Chuba Hubbard's the only one. He's not going to get a lot of time. We're not going to see the same kind of split. If you take the leading fantasy producer, not fantasy producer, unfair, uh, leading snap share holder from all 17 games of the Carolina Panthers a year ago would have they amassed 306 fantasy points that would have been RB4 in fantasy football last year yeah and only six of them was McCaffrey most in the most of the rest was Deontay Foreman some Chuba Hubbard in there yeah no black share because he was the leading scorer I think one or two weeks, but he didn't get the most snaps. I only went with the heaviest snap. Otherwise, we could add another 78 points, and they would have been RB1. Pretty valuable spot 
for him to land and he's going RB18. I'll take Miles Sanders all day, all day. Damian Pierce, nobody else to mess with him. Devin Singletary, moderate. He's not a real threat. Not a big threat to that Texan team. Damian Pierce, Javante Williams. I thought he'd be out for this year. I thought his career would never be the same again. And maybe it doesn't, but at this current price, I'm going to take him all day. Sean Payton's running back. The pass, pass catching running back for Sean Payton is always glorious. Javante Williams' break tackle ability is just magnificent. We know from his schooling, one of the reasons I loved him coming out of North Carolina, because he's an intelligent, hardworking kid, wants to be thought about going to medical school. And quite frankly, I bet you his career ended because of the knee injury. He just go to medical school. Like he he doesn't need football, but he loves it and he's a hard worker. And I, him getting back and them only bringing in Samaje P. Ryan, I'll put P. Ryan on the list too. Draft them both. One in the eighth, one in the tenth round, where they're currently going in ADP. Get the Broncos backfield. You got a championship RB2 on your hands. Running backs, I'm out on this year. Start at the top with Austin Eckler. No fucking way. I wouldn't touch Eckler with your dick. No way. Mm-mm. Dude, no Joe Lombardi. Why do I love Javante and Samaji? Joe Lombardi's the offense coordinator. Go Joe Lombardi. I told you, this is why I was the original. I'm the OG gangsta of Austin Eckler two years ago. Because Lombardi was there. Lombardi made Theoretic a thing. He made jo- Joyke Bell a thing. He made Alvin Kamara a thing. Now he's got him with Sean Payton. Holy sheep shit. But he's not in LA. Now you got Kellen Moore. Moore's great, but he divides his backfield. Eckler's aging. Eckler knows this is why he wants more money from the Chargers, and they know it too, and that's why they're not giving him more money. He's a holdout threat. He's a touchdown regression threat. He's an age regression threat. He is a passing down work receptions threat. Everything is threaded. He has no business going in the top half of the first round where he's going right now. I'm not touching him in the first round. I may not touch him in the second round, quite frankly. Dalvin Cook, unless he ends up with Miami, I'm not anywhere on Dalvin. I don't know if he's on the Vikings, not on the Vikings. I guess we'll learn June 1st. Rashad White, way too much hype around him. I don't really want a lot to do with Tampa. Remember, all the check down, all the catches were Tom Brady related, not Tampa Bay related. So Dave Canellis, the new offense coordinator, we don't really know a lot about Canellis at this point. I mean, I guess, I guess know plenty about him but we don't know what kind he was qb coach in seattle that's what we have i don't think there's any kind of lineage here that says he is going to be a big check down and neither will baker mayfield or kyle trask so i think that's a fool's gold type of situation um wide receivers i'm in on well i love debo samuel i said it i've stated it I don't know why others don't love him. I wish you guys could see what I see. There just are not many wide receivers. There are none that are guaranteed. Oh, there's two. Chase and Jefferson that are guaranteed to get the kind of volume Debo Samuel will get. And I will tell you, if you ask ask me which one of these receivers I like 
with the ball in their hands more. I like Debo Samuel over Jefferson or Chase with the ball in his hand. That's what I'm looking for. Now, he missed time two of the last three years. Totally understand it. Really do. It's a concern. But he's got his new contract. There's no problems with that. He's guaranteed he's got a lot of incentive money right now in his rushing stats. He has over 100 rushing attempts over the last two seasons. 500, almost 600 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Right? I mean, I'm sorry. I know McCaffrey's going to take a lot. If McCaffrey goes down like he always does, Debo's going to go to the fucking moon because that will be the better running back in San Francisco most likely. And Debo will not be a 100 reception guy, but he'll be a 75 reception guy. And 75 receptions with 50 rushes, it's 125 touches. That's a lot. For a guy with his explosive ability, I'm all in. I'm all about Debo Samuel. Uh, like Calvin Ridley, although he's he's going higher than I originally had thought. I love him as the number one option for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jerry Judy's my favorite Bronco receiver. I'm in on Kadarius Tony, and it makes me embarrassed to say it. I have zero faith that he'll stay healthy. But as of right now, and this is why I don't even want to tell people, but obviously it's what I do. Uh, I don't want anybody else to draft him. Going as wide receiver 35 right now, he's going ADP about 74 overall. Puts him at the beginning of the seventh round. I could handle that. I will come back and handcuff it with Rasheed Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs later on. But that's an environment I want to be invested in, just like I did last year. Last year worked out for the beginning of the season. If you remember, Nicole Harvey was great. And then it fell to shit because they spread it around, even though my shares of Mahomes won me championships. I'll go right back there, and I'm going in with Tony. And if he gets hurt, I'll get the next guy up. George Pickens. The market is very, very soft on Pickens, but I'm in. Romeo Dubs, DJ Chark, two later round values that I don't think anybody's considering. Christian Watson's being driven up. Watson was Rogers' guy. Now, I know Jordan Love had that, you know, great run in that second half against the Eagles, and he had that crossing route to Watson, and Watson ran it in for a touchdown. But don't forget about Romeo Dubs. I think he's a very sneaky late round value at wide receiver. And also, I'll never forget about Terrace Marshall. But right now, I have Chark ahead of Marshall in my rankings for the draft guide at fantasyguru.com. Wide receivers, I'm oot on this year. Obviously, I'm out Michael Thomas at the Saints. I think that goes without saying. I'm out on Garrett Wilson. Everyone, I thought I would like Garrett Wilson. I interviewed him at Super Bowl. I stood next to him. He's a very small guy. He's very scrawny. I could bench him probably four or five times. He is incredibly frail. He knows that, and he's going to work on his body. I want to see that. I don't trust Favre to stay healthy, though. And I, you're drafting him wide receiver nine. You think he's the next Devontae Adams. You're out of your fucking minds. I mean, your guys are literally have blown a gasket in your heads. Bad idea. He's not Devontae Adams. I'm out on DJ Moore. DJ Moore has been a headache 
in Carolina for years. Now he's on Chicago. No fucking thanks. I like Justin Fields. I think Fields could put up better numbers now that he's got some weapons, but it's going to be inconsistent as hell with more. I'm not touching Jordan Addison. You guys are crazy. I don't even want him in rookie drafts. Playing alongside Jefferson is great, but that's not enough for me. I would did not like the prospect. Landing spot is okay, but I'm just not there. I'm not going to draft him that high. Zay Flowers, the same thing. Deontay Johnson will get progression at the touchdown, posi- uh, touchdown category, but uh, give me Pickens over him as well. Um, tight ends, I'm in on. My guy, Dallas Goddard, everybody's going to give me Goddard every year at a value. I'm going to take him every year at a value. Evan Ingram, another year in Jacksonville. I think they really found something. Look at Evan Ingram. If you were an Ingram holder in championship week, him and Mike Evans carried me to numerous championships. Two guys that I even reluctantly started at that point in the season, but we keep going, keep plugging in our guys and paid off massively. I think, Lawrence and him found something that down the stretch Dalton Schultz. I've talked about this a lot in Houston. Remember Bobby Slowick, the new offense coordinator for the 49ers is from, or I'm sorry, from new, new offense coordinator for the Texans is from the 49ers where he, Kyle Shanahan system, Kyle Shanahan, when he has a rookie quarterback leans on the tight end. Nick Mullins back in the uh, 2008. Mullins is the reason. Without Nick Mullins, I don't know if George Kittle ever breaks out. Remember, Kittle was a fifth-round pick, and he didn't do jack shit until Nick Mullins leaned on him during that 2018 rookie season. And then who did it again last year? Brock Purdy. Leaned on It's tight end drag routes. It's a staple of this team. Dalton Schultz coming here on a one-year deal was curious. You got a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I love Dalton Schultz at his cost. Love it. Chigi Okonkwo in Tennessee. I don't like a lot about the Titans, but try to find a silver lining. Now, Okonkwo is a player, massive upside tight end. You don't have a lot of them. Now, I don't think Okonkwo is the type that can get in the top five of scoring at tight end, but I like him nevertheless. He's one of those guys... Ideally, he's a streamer because he's not going to be consistent. He'll be good enough. Tight ends I'm out on, Mark Andrews. It's not Greg Roman's offense anymore. I, I know Phil Backer, my producer, tells me all the time, Jeff, it's Todd Monken. They're going to play the uh, – um, they're going to play that two tight end scheme that they did at University of Georgia – last year where Monken was the offensive coordinator. And I said, yeah, I, I know that I believe that, but I also am not a hundred percent sure that it's, you know, show me where do you have the Brock Bowers, you know, where, where's the Brock Bowers of, uh, of that team. And then I'll, then I'll talk about it. Cause you know, that that's an all world type of tight end. And without him, it's just, you know, I, I don't I don't think Mark Andrews, uh, they're going to form that kind of offense. Not when you go out and get all these other receivers because you have to play three wide receivers. You made, say, Flowers a first-round pick for some reason. Rashad Batons is your former first-round pick. You pay Odell Beckham money. What are you doing? Can't play two tight ends when you're playing three wide receivers. Right? I mean, that's not the way it's going to go, or two tight ends. So 
I don't know how the fuck it's going to go. I know I don't like it. I don't like it whatsoever. So, you know, that, that's a problem. And yeah, I know Darnell Washington, the other tight end for the University of Georgia. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers drafted him, if, if not mistaken. Uh, another big guy and was in Todd Monken's offense. And yes, likely in Andrews can, you know, reignite that maybe. All right. But I, I just, I don't see that with all the other offseason moves for Andrews. So I'm down on Andrews. Darren Waller, I want to be in on Waller. I keep asking myself, who's the number one receiver on the Giants? Who's the number one receiver on the Giants? Maybe it's just Waller. But I don't know if his head's in the game anymore. He made his money. He's fought his demons. I don't feel like he has that urge to play football. I just don't. So I'm going to be out on Darren Waller. That one may bite me. Several of these may bite me, but I don't care. Don't play this game afraid. That's another thing. Don't try to fit in with everybody on Twitter. Don't try to fit in with the crowds. You're never going to win leagues trying to fit in. Not making a stand. Not having your decisive calls and takes. That's why I'm doing this episode today. Uh, Taysom Hill, stop it. I don't even know if he makes this team. I have Taysom Hill on one of my dynasty teams. Okay. We got a lot of lucky, great positive things last year from him. And he was tight end eligible. That ain't fucking happening. Those day, pulling Andy Dalton out for Taysom Hill at quarterback was one thing. You're not paying $130 million Derek Carr out for Taysom Hill. That's not happening. And Juwan Johnson had a productive year, and they signed Foster Moreau. I don't know if Taysom Hill's going to play. He's a legitimately a two- to three-play-a-game guy, if that. He might not even make the team, right? So there you go. And Tyler Higby, I think. Tyler Higby showed some things during the stretch last year. He always does, though. He has these spurts and goes away. I'm not taking the bait on Tyler Higby. Uh, I think that's it. I think I got through this in pretty efficient manner. The teams, the players that I'm in and out on, at least on a fantasy level, just a holistic level. If you really examine it that way, because you know, some of these players depends on what the cost in by now and September when we're drafting our hardcore redraft leagues, I don't know what the cost of some of these guys will be. I, I know my effect on the market to a certain degree when I'm talking about them on the radio every single day drives up the values. So I don't know. and drives down other values. So we'll see what winds up happening, but uh, that's my official in and out list for 2023. Remember fantasyguru.com platinum VIP platinum packages, 50% off. It's the last call really folks by next week, next week, I hope to do a, an episode that we always do kicking off the draft guide. My guys, Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, I hope can join me next week. Uh, let's hope I don't get the freaking stomach flu or another kind of flu. If I'm fucking healthy for a change, this year has been just catastrophic in that regard. But we've got the draft guide coming. And I'm telling you, uh, prices are up minimally for 2023, our football products. It's a nature of the beast. Our costs go up. We have to raise prices. I, I promise you this. Our margins are lower by far. Profit margins, way fucking lower. We have to 
raise our price because the fucking cost of data and servers and fucking pictures and our imaging that that stupid song you hear on when my the podcast i kind of like it but that music that has a license fee for the one man's opinion podcast this podcast every fucking thing the live stream ability everything's prices have gone up so we have no choice in the matter Right. We have to break even, man. There's it's the very least we could do. So um, so prices have gone up and we add a lot more content and we have a lot more. We have the elite plus podcasts that we do, the data, which get my offensive line information. I think it's worth it just for that. And the corners, cornerbacks, things you don't get anywhere else. Might as well just get the whole package right now, folks. 50 percent off VIP platinum. Plat 50, P-L-A-T-5-0. If you've already paid in and you have like an ongoing membership but do want to get the full package and VIP, just email us, support at fantasyguru.com, and we pay whatever the difference is between to get the VIP Platinum, you know, with the 50% off discount. But this will be the last chance to get it. It's $800 normally. I think it's actually going to be up to 1000 by September that's the price and cost of doing business. So it, you will not be disappointed you got VIP Platinum. And then uh, I'll just win you some MLB and NBA money while we wait for the football season to play out. How about that? Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan to me. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, listen to me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87 on Elite Sports, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Follow me on social media, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mance, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Oh, also shout out to my guy, Armando Marsal, the Mind of Marsal podcast that is out there on Apple, iTunes, and everywhere else as well. I want to give my guy, Armando, a shout out um, doing his thing out there as well, everybody. That will do it for this episode. Thanks to the producer, Sean Angle, who always does a great job getting this episode, these episodes out to all of you. Thank you to all of you who listen. Please tell friends and relatives and coworkers. Spread the word about the pod, man. I really appreciate it as it is a passion project for us here as well. That will do it for this episode. You may disagree. You may agree or disagree with every something or everything you heard on today's episode. And folks, it's perfectly all right because we're all big boys and girls, aren't we? We got our big boys pants on, don't we? And it was just all one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!